Welcome everybody back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and as always, I have my co-host Matt here with me. Matt, it is a very, very wonderful day here on the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. Aaron freaking Rogers is a New York football jet. It is official. It is for real. It is happening. We have the trade terms. The trade itself is likely to be filed to the league office tomorrow. I believe there is some issues with a reworked contract that has to be set in stone in Green Bay for at least 24 hours before Rodgers can be traded or any sort of restructure after he's, uh, his option was picked up. Something along those lines is pushing the official, official, official uh, sending of the league office and acquirement of this happening back a few days. But Aaron Rodgers is expected to be in New York uh, tomorrow as we are recording Later today, as you guys are hearing this, just a few short hours before we hear from for the very first time. And it's crazy to even say this in a reality. New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, publicly speaking, Matt, I want to throw things to you here. When this broke uh, late yesterday afternoon, you know, I don't think anybody was expecting it on a Monday. Uh, I was pretty crazy Monday of a news drop right out of nowhere. It seemed like, OK, we had heard a rumor of their talking and they've reengaged talks as we get closer to the draft. And it was like six hours later. Boom, we're done. We have the compensation. You know, Rogers is going to rework his deal. He's flying out to New York tomorrow. And this was already done and, and fully in motion. What was your reaction to all of this? And, and where are you looking right now as we sit with the data process? Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, we've been waiting for this to happen for a very long time now. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, if anything, just so we can stop talking about it. So we don't he- have to hear the word leverage again for a very long time. <laughs> uh, so that part makes me very happy. Uh, there's still so much left to, to find out though. Uh, especially with his contract. Uh, I, I know, uh, Connor Hughes was, was saying, uh, waxing poetic about how we we wouldn't be giving up as much as we did if it wasn't because of the rework contract and what we will be, uh, I guess, getting maybe in terms of dead cap uh, worked out or, uh, I don't know, maybe even a pay cut. I, I doubt that, but I, I, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. But apparently it's it, it could be very favorable to us uh, and make the deal a lot more uh, palatable. Um, not not to say that the deal was bad per se. Uh, I would say it was less than ideal. Uh, I was uh, kind of hoping that we would get a little bit more protection in 2024 uh, with the the uh, with the pick uh, being protected by uh, I believe it's what 65 percent of his snaps. 65 percent of total snaps played in 2023, and the New York Jets will be sending the Green Bay Packers their first round pick in 2024. Any less than 65 percent of total snaps, and it will be a second round pick. Yeah, see, that's that's nothing. I mean, this guy is an Iron Man. He has played through broken thumbs and and much worse. So that should be a very easy landmark uh, to hit, making it pretty much just a first round pick. Um, so that in itself is kind of meh. Um, but maybe they have guarantees from Rogers uh, that he will play more than one year. Uh, and even with if you play 65% of snaps, that's still a giant chunk of the season. Uh, so, so we could pr- potentially have 65% of snaps and then uh, and, and still be a playoff team. And so it's I, I would have liked a little bit more 
uh, protection, but you know what? It's fine. If this is what it took to get it done, then great. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, and if, if it works out, then great, even more so. The, the, really, a lot of what we should be looking at is the production on the field and what happens in the next year or two or, or more. Uh, because that will be the, the that's the pudding right there. That's the the proof is in the pudding, and that's that's where uh, we will have to keep our eyes towards. Because right now we don't know. Like right now, it's it's kind of just like okay, that's what we spent. So now we just need to see if what we spent actually matters. Right, that's the big question. Uh, I mean, the results are ultimately what's going to determine what is considered worth it or not worth it, or good trade or not good trade, or mistake or perfect move. You know, it's all going to be about how this actually affects the Jets' wins and losses, and affects their potential playoff chances, or even getting to the playoffs in the first place. Let alone their chances once they get there. You know, this is the the biggest thing that has to. That's the bit most important part of all of this is what this does for the Jets chances to win and how it improves their opportunity to win right now. Um, everything else, you know, compensation, percent of snaps, that's that's whatever. I saw something on Twitter yesterday, Matt, that made me laugh. That was a joke that said, let Aaron Rodgers get out to a lead to start the game and then have Zach Wilson play for thirty five point one percent of snaps for the rest of the season and yeah. still send a second round pick. Um, and, and I thought that was the galaxy brain thinking there. Um, <laughs> but no, that is that is secondary right now. Because right now, when you're looking at this team, and I want to go in two very direct points for how I think the Jets viewed this and why they felt ultimately they're comfortable making this move. I think we've been operating under the assumption for a very long time now, basically since Rodgers went on McAfee, on Pat McAfee show, and gave his piece and said how he was feeling and led things off with, I was 90% retired at the start of the offseason. I think in our heads, I know we I can say this for a fact, speaking for you, and I know many other people, we've all been operating under this assumption that Rogers is going to play one year in New York and we're paying for a one year rental. So how much is going to be an equal you know, allocation of assets or how much are you willing to give up to get Rogers for one year? That is still very much a, a possibility. I don't want to sit here and say there's no chance that he only plays one year in New York and that they know for a fact that they're keeping this guy around for longer. But if you listen to the people that I guess have some amount of sources on whatever this rework contract is going to be, it seems like that's the case. It seems like there's a strong indication that it might be at least two years of Aaron Rodgers and not just of the one year that you're getting guaranteed and nothing after that, or hopefully something after that. It seems like this might be two years at least. So I think if you want to view this trade from that angle of giving up essentially moving down two spots in the first round and moving up about 30 spots between the sixth and the fifth round is very, very minor of a difference. It's big at the end of the draft, but it's not so much at the, the top, although you still are moving down two spots. That's not the meat and potatoes of this trade. The meat and potatoes of this trade is the second round pick they're giving up this year, number 42nd, uh, 42 overall, and the second and or first round pick they gave up next year in 2024 if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps. Those picks, that's what they traded for Rodgers. Everything else is just, you know, people throwing stuff around to feel like they got something in a negotiation. You know, I'm not putting too much stock in anything else. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers for either two second round picks or a second round pick and a first round pick. If they got Aaron Rodgers 
for a second round pick and a first round pick and he plays one year for them and they don't win a Super Bowl, I think you can make an argument that that's an overpay. If you get Aaron Rodgers for two years and you're in the playoffs both years and you're fighting and maybe you don't win a Super Bowl, but you're in an AFC championship game, you have a 13 win season. Your young players are now stars in the league and getting you have more attention on your football team than you have in the last quarter of a century. Is it worth it for that first round pick and that second round pick? Yeah, I'd say it's worth it. I'd say at that point, it's more than worth it. And when you compare it in total to the other major quarterback trades that we've seen, the Jets basically paid the an equivalent comparison of an amount to what the Colts paid to get Carson Wentz. Yeah, not too far off. For uh, Aaron Rodgers. For Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers, for not Carson Wentz, for Aaron Rodgers. It's all now it's the big question is which Aaron Rodgers are we getting? Are we getting the Aaron Rodgers of last year who looked like he's uh, dropped a step, uh, who's a little worse under pressure, uh who pro- had his worst year in his career? Uh or are we getting the Aaron Rodgers of just a year before or the year before that who right. back MVP. to back MVPs so, at, at that point, I believe it would have been 36 and 37 years old, or if he's 39 now, I don't know at now, what point where his now. birthday was, but <laughs> between 36 and 38 years old, back to back NFL MVPs. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, so really if we're winning and if it's for uh, two to three years, not only does that finally get us out of our lurch, but at the same time, uh, it also gives us a little breathing room to find our future. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. p- the people are still kind of talking about Zach and how he can develop behind Rodgers. But if Rodgers is playing three years, that will definitely run out the clock on, on Zach. Uh, Zach ha- is going into his, his going year into number his three, th- year three now. Uh, so if his only chance is if Rogers plays one year, uh, so it's it's unlikely. Uh, they're probably not going to pick up his fifth year option. Uh, so it's kind of he'll just be an expensive, uh, highly touted uh, uh, quarterback too for the at this point. So we'll get traded next offseason. We'll get traded. We'll we'll see. Um, which would actually help to re- recoup some some draft capital uh, in when it happens month. when it happens in a year. I'll reference this episode well, well, exactly. Uh, so, and who knows what the draft class is going to look like next year for as, as far as quarterbacks. Uh, but at least it gives us a little breathing room, and we can maybe choose our our shot a little more carefully and where we want to go post Rogers. Um, and, and uh, but for now. We, we should all be ecstatic. We have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, if not the best quarterback to ever play, uh, joining our team. And and the, the possibilities are quite endless. And, of course, what we want most is the Super Bowl. And with the team that we had uh, have now, with his power behind it, I think definitely puts us in the conversation at the very least. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, You know, I really think and this is a perfect lead into the next point I wanted to make about why I think you can feel comfortable making this trade now and trusting in your window. Um, 
defense in the NFL, and this is a counterintuitive point talking about Aaron Rodgers, but it does relate, I promise. Defense in the NFL, definitely more so than offense, is very volatile year to year. And it's a lot harder in the league to have a consistently good defense year in and year out than it is to have a consistently good offense year in and year out. There's a lot of reasons for that. Sacks seem to be very, very volatile. That's why guys that can consistently generate sacks are so valuable. That's why they go so high in the draft. That's why they get paid so much money, because it is very hard to sack quarterbacks in the NFL. And guys that can do it are very valuable. Very, very simple. Interceptions and turnovers in general are another thing that varies a lot year to year. So guys at corner with really good ball skills and really good ability to make plays on the football and create turnovers are valuable because it's very hard to be consistent at that. And that's it's a it's a valuable skill. Defense as a whole, for a lot of different reasons, is very, very volatile and very hard to stay consistent. The Jets defense last year, Matt, was an elite defense. It was an excellent defense. For, there was a handful of things that they needed to improve. But overall, when you look at their statistics, you look at their rankings, you look at their play, you look at their the, the way that they were able to keep them in games when their offense was giving them literally nothing. They have an elite defense. And if you are the Jets, you are thinking, OK, our defense is elite. We can go into next year. And now we add this offense to it. And we're going to be good. And I think that there is the the analytical argument that this is going to be made. I'm trying to get ahead of the detractors of this, really. The analytical argument is going to come in and say, oh, no, 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 no. Hold your horses. The Jets defense isn't going to be as good. Defense is volatile. Our model predicts that there's going to be X percent regression and they're going to be worse as a defense. And they're only going to be average. They're not going to be as good next year. OK, sure. I want to see what this defense looks like when they're not having to carry water for their offense for 60 minutes. I want to see what this defense looks like when they're playing with a lead. I want to see what this defense looks like when they're not tired from being on the field at, at two thirds the the rate at their that their offense is. I want to see what this defense looks like when it's playing with an offense, as we have discussed on this show many times before, Matt, that it's built to play with. And that is an explosive offense that generates points that gets out to an early lead that lets this scheme that predicates itself on getting upfield, creating havoc and rushing the passer and saying, screw our rushing integrity and screw our run lanes. We're just going to create a bunch of chaos at the line of scrimmage, get into your offensive lineman's chest and knock them around and take away holes for your running back on the way to the quarterback, because we're just trying to take him down first and foremost. Well, when you're up 14 by the end of the first quarter, it's a lot easier to play that style of defense. And the Jets haven't experienced that. They, they haven't had anything close to that. So I don't think there's going to be as much of a regression for this defense as maybe people might think. I think there's a chance this defense could get even better. I think there's a chance that that we see an opportunity. I'm, I know you got is a you got to have a lot of hope in the pass rush. You got to have a lot of hope in the safeties. You got to have some hope in the linebacker unit. Uh, specifically C.J. Mosley and Quan Alexander, if he is back, which it was rumored that he might be coming back today. Uh, so hopefully that happens. But even if so, he's another year older. You're going to be hoping that those guys can can hold it down. And eventually they're not going to be outright crushed by the age wall. And that is a fear. But I think if you have a defense that isn't having to worry about play action nearly as much because they're not getting ran on nearly as much, that isn't going to be on the field nearly as much. I think there's a lot of different reasons that add into this unit overall playing possibly better or at the very least close to the same. And my my ending overarching point really is this, that 
you add Aaron Rodgers not only to help your offense, and it will help your offense tremendously, but he also helps your defense. And it lets them play a style of football that they haven't been allowed to play, that they've been built to play. And now we can finally see what this scheme and what this defense looks like when they're unleashed to their fullest capabilities because they're being supported by an offense that's actually setting them up to do so. See, that's kind of not... I, I definitely see that as a reason why this defense could play better. But we're missing something that happened last year that's kind of an outlier. They stayed extremely healthy last year. This defense had very few injuries as far as as starters go, uh, and even less when it came to their stars and their studs. I don't know if we can count on that next year. And if injuries start, if the injury bug starts uh, plaguing our defense, I don't know if they have the depth in all, all the perfect places to really maintain that that level of of play that we came to expect and see last year. I think the fact that they stayed so healthy kind of allowed them to coalesce around each other and to really become the cohesive unit that they became. So if they don't have that, maybe we don't see that defense playing at the same level. So, yeah, I can see how the Rodgers joining the, the, the team and the offense that that follows him uh, can definitely bail out the the defense uh, and get them off the field and keep them fresh. But at the same time, if they're injured, uh, then I can see that evening it back, back out again. So it's, we just really have to see like how, how, how does this team play when they kind of move more towards the, the average when it comes to, to injuries on that side of the ball. Uh, and really, what do we do in the draft to maybe bolster, maybe add some depth in some places to really mitigate that possibility of injuries taking down this defensive peg? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, that is what uh, another reason why defense is so volatile and another and could be the reason why the Jets defense has a regression. But. Last counterpoint I'll make before we head into how this implicates the draft. I think if they were able to stay healthy, and I know injuries are a crapshoot, so it's not like this is a perfect science, but this is just my reasonable thinking. If they were able to stay healthy despite playing so many snaps, would it stand to reason that they'd be able to stay healthy playing less? Maybe. You never know. It's such a crapshoot. You can have... Just look at Becton and... and the the crazy wild injuries like you just never know and it's crazy to think that it it, that something so important can rely just on a fluke yeah here's hoping that they all can stay healthy offense defense in general uh, and this doesn't even have to become a problem and i don't want to get done talking about this any longer Mm -hmm. because it's giving me goosebumps how does this trade influence the draft? That is now the big question. We are just a few days away from the draft. When you guys are hearing this, the draft will be tomorrow night. Absolutely over the moon excited for that. And now we have a different draft order. Uh, perfectly candid for everybody listening. We had just finished recording our annual War Room special episode where we go through the Jets, every single pick in their draft, mock each pick for them, discuss what we think is the best player and come up with a collective draft room. We had that all set, done, finished and recorded and not but a few short hours later did this trade break and completely change their draft order. 
So that episode, unfortunately, is now not as useful as it would have been. We're still going to release it as a special little bonus episode for everybody who wants to hear it. We had a couple of great people from JetX, Stefan Stelling and Rivka Board, join us. Very glad that they had the time to come talk to us as well. For anyone who wants to listen, feel free to go and listen to that. It's a great show. It's a lot of fun. Even if it may not be 100% relevant, it's just some fun draft talk. And if you want to learn about some good prospects, you can definitely check it out. Moving along, Matt, the Jets official now, now, draft order not 13th but 15th overall after the pick swap with the green bay packers they no longer have the 42nd overall pick that was uh, i believe that was the one they got back from green bay that 43rd is their own i might have that backwards um uh, 42 is from the browns 42 is from the browns okay so they send the browns pick which was 42 they have their own second round pick which is 43 so that gives them 15 and 43 they still have 112 they still have 143. They sent 207 and they got back 170. So that gives them 170 as well. So 15, 43, 112, 143, and 170 are the five official picks for the New York Jets in the 2023 class. And you alluded to it, Matt. I think there's going to be some depth added for this defense eventually. And not only depth, possibly some starters. Workshopping this in my head, also news breaking yesterday uh, morning, Connor McGovern resigning at center gives them an option as a starting center to where I feel like they now don't have to be forced into using at the time one of their two second round picks and now their only second round pick on a starting center and can free that up, I think, to take an impact defender. And I don't know about you, Matt, but we're sitting here, you know, a handful of hours now before the second round of the draft kicks off. Keanu Benton at 43, I would be putting money on every single sports book that possibly exists right now, (laughs) because that just seems too likely to me to happen. And now that center is taken care of, I would love Antonio Johnson at safety, but I think defensive tackle is going to be where they go and they're going to value the trenches more. And if this guy's there at at 43rd overall, I think he's clearly the best interior defensive tackle they're going to have available to them and a guy they're going to be really glad to have on board. Oh, absolutely. Uh, If we can get Benton at 43, that will make me feel a lot better about the interior depth Uh, because right now it's just Quinnen and and, uh, Jefferson, who we got from uh, the free agency. Uh, And that's not much <laughs> like we we need more studs there we need more relief uh last year we were dangerously thin uh on the interior uh when quinnon went down that one game uh against yep. the lions you saw the impact they but, ran for like 180 yards that game and not only that but they double teamed our edges and just left uh, all everybody on the interior singled up and they did nothing and our pass rush was neutralized the entire game because of that. So it it matters to have uh, bodies in the middle, especially bodies like Benton, who's a big boy, but can also uh, get after it in, in the pass rush as well with his, his quick twitch and his burst off the line. Uh, he's He kind of fills a lot of needs right now. Uh, and he's he's a little and he's versatile as well. So I, I I would love to have him at 43. Yeah, me too. That's my ideal pick at 43 right now. Uh, workshopping this again, knowing their official picks, knowing Aaron Rodgers is for real. And we are going into the 2023 draft and a reality that we were not in before. 
first uh, first round pick, 15th overall. I want an offensive tackle. If by some miracle Paris Johnson is there, then fantastic. If not, Darnell Wright probably will be, and that sounds perfectly good to me too. Disaster scenario to I'll take Dewan Jones at 15 and laugh all the way to the bank. I think they can get a really good offensive tackle in the first round, even if it's not one of the three I mentioned. There's still guys that they could get that would be solid picks there. Second round pick, Keanu Benton, we mentioned it. 100% on board with that one. 112 is where I want to talk with you, Matt, because I think this is a, a an interesting pick where they could go a, a variety of different directions, and I don't think they would necessarily be wrong with any one of them. But the uh, the position I want to bring up specifically that I want to see if they target, Corey Davis was not part of this trade. Mm-hmm. And it's he might have been very much expected to be for a while. I know we had certainly thought that it would be a possible piece to include familiarity with the offense, needing another big receiver to replace Alan Lazard, who came to the Jets. It made a lot of sense considering Lazard was basically replacing Corey's role here. Why couldn't Corey go do the same thing for them in Green Bay? But that didn't happen. He's not part of the deal. And as of right now, he's still on this team. Asked about it today, Joe Douglas had his pre-draft press conference. He was asked about Corey and said, classic Douglas, we love the player, great worth ethic, you know, type of guy you want in your locker room, but made sure to mention that, you know, it's a business and they're going to have to view all things and take all things into account. Is Corey Davis going to be cut? Or is he going to be back? Because I think they need to know, and it's likely the Jets already know this and we don't, but I would hope that the Jets have an answer to that before this draft happens, because if they cut Corey Davis, they need another body at wide receiver. And I think they are best right now taking offensive tackle and defensive tackle first round, second round. But if they could maybe package 143 and 170, I'm seriously thinking about getting up into the third round for a wide receiver. I'm if they cut Corey Davis, because I just don't know who's going to be left at 112 that's going to really move the needle. And I think if you don't have Corey there, you have Lazard, you have Garrett. Can you rely on Nicole Hardman or Denzel Mims as your number three receiver? I don't know if you can. So I really think they need to have somebody else. If they keep Corey and he is part of this team, and maybe with Rogers' new restructured contract, they're going to have more cap space to work with than we think, and they'll be able to keep Corey in the fold. Then I think you start looking to build depth at 112. You look for that center that we've talked about to then be under McGovern instead of having to outright start right away. I think you look for maybe a backup running back to go with Brees Hall. I think you look for possibly some defensive depth. If there's a safety that's fallen that could challenge for some playing time, I think that's when you look there. But I think at the end of the day, whether it's Corey Davis or a rookie, they need to know who their number three receiver is going to be because Aaron Rodgers is here and Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson by themselves just isn't good enough. No, they're not. Um, I think that they go into the draft thinking that they are keeping Corey uh, because you can't go into it assuming that they're going to draft a, a replacement. You just never know how it's going to fall. And then who would that replacement even be? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of people that can match his size uh, and, and ability in, in the run game. Cedric. You got Cedric Tillman, yes. But at Trade what, what... to round three, Joe Douglas. <laughs> Cedric. I think the only way that we do... A Cedric Tillman is if we trade back, maybe. 
That Maybe works not. too. I, I don't think they want to give up any more draft capital than they already have. They're, we're already kind of running on fumes after all our trades. Uh, it's I, I in the words see, of Les Need, f them picks. Yeah, f them picks. But at the same time, we need more picks, and we want more picks because we want more talent. So if we move back from 15, maybe if we move back from 43, maybe uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, I have Cedric Tillman is uh, as a late second round, early third round pick. So to trade up from 112 would probably cost quite a bit uh, to trade back. I think is probably the best route to get Cedric. Uh, but that's only by my rankings. Who knows how how anybody else ranks him? He might be ranked a lot higher because of the 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 void of big uh, wide receivers that can that can really make it on the outside. Uh, so I, it, it's such a crapshoot. I and even then, like even if we trade back, there's no guarantee that he make that he doesn't go even before that. So there's just so much uh, up in the air right now as far as who's going to be available and when we can get them. Uh, I, I still think Corey makes it to to, to the opening day roster, uh, but with 112, I still think that you're right. They're probably just going to look for depth. And if Corey is our number three, then we can at least look for depth at wide receiver. So Hardman and Mims aren't our only uh, uh, backups uh, that to fill in if, if there's injuries up front. Um, so yeah, I think wide receiver, the uh, center, like we were talking about, are on the table. Maybe running back, maybe tight end, maybe safety, uh, maybe even linebacker. Uh, yep. I, I think they're all on the table right now. Yep. And I think you just wash, rinse, repeat exactly those positions you mentioned for 143 and 170. Yep. Just best player available at any of those positions. At, right, exactly. If you're a running back, a wide receiver, a linebacker, a safety, or a tight end, and you're decently good, the Jets are definitely going to be looking your way at 112, 143, and 170. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any position, Matt, that you think they absolutely will not take in this draft? Quarterback. I have I have two, actually. Quarter- and I can workshop and... this a little bit more. Corner and quarterback. I don't think they take a quarterback. You know what? I, You're I gonna think have there's... Rogers, Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson, Chris Trevler, and a rookie. Here's the one thing that I, I I'm curious how they feel about Hooker, because if Hooker does drop to let's say 43, and I. You, it, it's you just traded for Rodgers. You just, you just for Rogers, but you're giving up time, a first round pick next year if he plays 65% of the snaps and you're going to take Hendon Hooker now to be his backup and not like you the amount of people and I'm not saying this should influence any decision making and I, and I love Hooker so I get it but you're going to hear the people saying, "Oh, well the Packers wasted Rodgers for years. They had him and never took a receiver in the first round and only took defense and never gave him help and now you go and trade for him and draft his backup immediately." Like it's going to be a a nightmare. It right after be. we just got done through all of this, and it may end up being ultimately a smart move because you're getting a guy who's talented that you can stash because of his age and because of an, in- an injury that's going to have him go further down the board than he probably should get to learn from a guy like an Aaron Rodgers. But they signed Tim Boyle. I think that took them out of the 
they need another quarterback market because we were operating with the assumption that it was going to be Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson and Strebler and nobody else. We lost Mike White. Who's going to be that Mike White where who's who's Rogers actual backup because we all know it's not Zach or Strebler. That I think is Tim Boyle. And I don't think I just can't fit another rookie draft pick of a quarterback on this roster. And I think it, honestly, I think if they draft a rookie quarterback, it's going to be either in the fifth or in the fifth round. They don't have a sixth round pick anymore. And if they draft one at 170, I'm not even sure they make the week one roster. It, 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 again, that's kind of like a throwaway pick for me yeah uh, if we draft like a quarterback late it's what what what's the end goal there instead of finding depth for uh other positions of, of need for right now we're getting maybe a qb3 qb2 uh for the future like that you don't you don't especially in a draft when you don't have that much capital would i spend it on depth to depth <laughs> depth for depth it's it's that's not what I would prefer, uh, which is no. why the only quarterback I could see is maybe Hooker. Uh, and that's only if they love him and only if they think that they only have Rodgers for like two years, maybe. Yeah. Well, they'd have to have like a top 10 grade on Hooker. They'd have to think he's yeah. like they'd have to be like this guy will be our next quarterback after Aaron Rodgers, and we have to take him right here. There is nobody else that we want. There's nobody that we can get next year because you're literally saying we're not going to have a first-round pick. There's nobody we could get in the second round or nobody we could get within range of trading for that is going to be as good as Hendon Hooker, potentially not knowing whether Rodgers is going to be there more than a year in 2024. I As as a big of a Hendon Hooker fan as I am, I just can't see that. See, but here's the thing. Next year... You have no idea what the the quarterback class is going to be like, and if we're looking to get at least a year of a rookie behind Rodgers, then th- it's either this year or next year, maybe. So, it, without a first round pick, now we're looking at all right. Well, so now we're looking at maybe the the second tier, or even the third tier, or fourth tier of of quarterbacks next year. So if they love a uh, hooker this year why even risk waiting for next year to see what could come along that's better or it might not be better it could just be worse i mean i get it but in that case like they're you're cutting zach wilson well they might be trading him anyway so you can't for what for what what team is going to give you you're going to get a 2026 seventh round pick for Zach Wilson at that point. Like you're not going to get, you're not going to get anything. There's no, like why every team in the league is going to sit there and go, Oh, okay. So you traded a first and a second round pick for a four time MVP 39 and drafted his heir apparent in the second round in the exact same year. Oh, and by the way, there's a guy you took second overall two years ago who you still believe in, who still has a lot of talent, who you still think, you know, who loves football and does everything right. And you still want to see succeed but you're fielding calls for him. Yeah, BS. I, I'm like, they would get nothing. They would get laughed off the phone from anybody trying to offer anything. They would have to cut Zach Wilson. They'd have no choice. I don't know. You got a two, second round pick for Rosen. <sighs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's... Yeah, but, but, did, but did the Cardinals have four other quarterbacks on their roster, though? It's like You could have at least made the argument at that point that Rosen would have been Kyler's backup. It wouldn't have made any sense because they're completely different style of players in an offense that did not fit Josh Rosen whatsoever. But it's not like there could have been any amount of an argument that was right there. And this was one year after he was traded. 
Rosen played for a horrible team in Steve Wilkes. The Cardinals were garbage, garbage that year. They had no talent and Rosen got destroyed behind a horrible offensive line. He wasn't good. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, if Rosen was on a better team, he would have worked out. He wasn't good. And that's a miss for everybody that had him, I myself included. But he only played one year, played on a bad team and then got moved because a new coach, new team came in, drafted their sort of quarterback. And another team that probably had him rated high said he was in a bad situation. We can try and fix him. Zach Wilson's not in a bad situation. Zach Wilson's been given help. Zach Wilson's had receivers. Zach Wilson's had uh, for uh, spurts a solid offensive line. And when he does get good blocking, he'll waste it. And the level of incompetence that we saw from him, the floor is so far in the dirt. It's just so hard for me to sit there and think that a team is going to be willing to give up any sort of draft capital, knowing that they just added another quarterback within the top 50 in this case, on top of trading for Aaron Rodgers, on top of signing Tim Boyle. I mean, you're 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 holding up a neon flashing sign saying we don't like Zach Wilson. Like and what other team is going to see that and say, yeah, we want him to even for a seventh round pick. I mean, I I'm not saying they won't take Hooker. But I'm saying if they take Hooker, it's going to be like they take Hooker and Zach Wilson gets cut like the day after the draft ends. It, it again, you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't uh, read too much confidence into Zach if, if we take Hooker. Uh, but you know what? Why should we have confidence in Zach? <laughs> I agree. Zach? So I mean, it's we can put this facade up of of for trying to build up Zach's uh, value, but in reality, we still need. Quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, eventually they will. Uh, and I think that's going to be what happens in the future is going to be the biggest question of what happens after Rodgers and how long is is this era going to last and how long is this going to be? And it's it's crazy to think. But as much as I want to sit here and and say that the Jets won't, you know, have the ammo to go up and get a quarterback or, you know, they're going to be too far out of range. I, I would have never thought that Aaron Rodgers would actually be a New York jet either. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so here we are with that as a, as a full blown reality that, that I still don't even think is, has a hundred percent hit me yet. When I watch that press conference tomorrow uh, and see him sitting in their facility with the background behind him with, with Hughes and cause and, and Samini and all those guys peppering him with questions, then it's going to be real for me. But it, even still right now, it's like, it still kind of feels like a dream. I don't know if I can sit here and say, you know, don't expect, you know, everything to work out because at the end of the day, it won't. But some things do and some things really, really work out. And even some things you could have never even imagined. Yeah, we have no idea how anything's going to play out. And that's the the magic of it all. (laughs) If we know, then this would be no fun. Yep, absolutely. All right, Matt, before we get on out of here, we are very, very short from the draft. It is our our Super Bowl, this is what we spend way too much of our time on every single year. I think it is important to give a little bit of some draft takes and some thoughts as we go on out. Uh, just some things we've been seeing, some things that at least I've been seeing. I want to give the opportunity for you to jump in as well. One thing that happened today, have you seen what's been going on with Will Levis and his uh, with the, the odds in Vegas surrounding him and where he's going to be picked? I, I don't know. Anything that comes before the draft, I don't believe at all. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm asking if you've heard the story because there's a story I, behind it. Then he jumped from the odds to the, the odds jumped for him to be the number one pick, right? Yes. So there's the reason behind that is there was a Reddit post that <laughs> I'm serious. 
I know. I know. This is so funny. And I want our listeners to hear this as like a little bit of a, a chuckle and a giggle about the draft before we get on out. Um, there was a Reddit post anonymous again, more than 99% made up, but it was some guy saying that people familiar with Will Levis and people around Levis's family that Levis was telling his family that he was going to be the first pick that the Panthers told him he was going to be the first pick. And he was telling his family that that was the case. And this Reddit post started blowing up so much that it jumped his odds of being the first overall pick from like plus 1200 to like plus 300. That's wild. <laughs> in, in an afternoon, this happened like it, it jumped them that high. And, and no, for anyone wondering or listening, Will Levis is not going to be the first pick. From all indications, it seems like it's going to be Bryce Young. I still think there's a decent chance it could be C.J. Stroud, and I'm not 110% out ruling, uh, ruling out Anthony Richardson either. But the one guy I can certainly say it won't be is Will Levis. No, <laughs> I, I can I could probably uh, second that. Yeah, uh, it's very unlikely. Um, I I can see him dropping to our pick. Yeah, if yeah, not, I further. really can. <laughs> yeah, if not further, I, I would not be surprised. Um. This is going to be a really interesting draft. I'm really excited to see what they do. It's going to be different because we're so used to every 30 seconds we turn around and the Jets are on the clock again and they're making another pick. And, you know, they have four studs on their roster before we even get out of the top 40. It seems like some years, especially last year, this year is going to be so much different. When the clock ends at 43, I swear it's going to be torture. (laughs) <laughs> watching watching all of the good players in the middle of the draft just go and know the Jets are going to be not have a shot at all of these guys and have to wait 70 something picks to get with uh, their fourth round pick at 112 that is going to be that is going to be the worst part of this weekend for me unless we don't have to wait I, I, still- I hey I suggested that and you shot it down so if you're going to jump on this train then come on now because uh, if we're uh, getting back, back up in between. Okay, no, well, I'm, trade I'm back. I'm talking about trade back rather than a trade up. I want to make. I want to pick at forty three though. I I do too. But I would listen. I would at this point would with Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather. I'd rather make. I would rather make three picks in the top fifty than five picks in the top one fifty. Um. Yeah. I I would too. <laughs> I think that's that's a no brainer. Uh. But let's see. How about this? Since it seems like we're both kind of uh, on board with the getting a tackle in in the first round, do you? How far do you think we can trade back realistically and still get one of our top tackles? We cannot go any further down, in my opinion, than twenty three. All right, and and that is because the Jaguars pick at twenty four. They very, very well could take an offensive tackle. I think there's a good chance Tampa and Pittsburgh could. They're ahead uh, within those picks. So I don't want to add another team in Jacksonville. I think Cincinnati could take a tackle. I think the Chiefs could take a tackle. And knowing the Chiefs, they could trade up for one. Um, I think the Cowboys could possibly take a tackle if they maybe want to move uh, Tyler Smith to back to guard, even though I think he might have a better future at tackle. And I have no idea what the Cowboys are going to do with their offensive line. I think there's a lot of teams in that back end of round one that could be looking at offensive tackle. And -hmm. I think the sweet spot to trade back is either 21 to the Chargers or 22 to the Ravens. Yeah, I I see. I think the same. Uh, I can also see Tampa, maybe. Uh, If they they like a certain tackle and the Jets mm -hmm. are comfortable with another one and they come up from 19 to 15 to get ahead of Pittsburgh at 17, I could see that. So let's see. Let, Let me just 
I have I got the the, the PFF mock simulator, so I want to see like what we could get maybe theoretically. So if we get nineteen for fifteen, that's lopsided. If we do fifty and nineteen, uh, that gives me. Where's Tampa picking around three? Uh, eighty-two. That 82. would be likely. So if we get nineteen eighty-two, uh, it's still a little lopsided in favor of Tampa. So maybe we can get Let's throw a sixth on there. Maybe a six or maybe a 2024 third round pick. Yeah. That gives me like a 70% chance of, of acceptance. Would you? Okay. So we get 19, uh, their third round pick this year and a third round pick next year. I'm on board. Especially that, that because Tampa doesn't really have a quarterback. So I'm expecting yeah. that third round pick to be a high third round pick next year. That's a good point. So we we get our third round pick this year and we get a high third round pick next year. You know, it would be even better. What? If they did that and traded up for Bijan. Oh yeah. Even better. (laughs) And they don't take a tackle and they don't even take a tackle. We're all, by the way, everybody in the world should be hoping the Packers take JSF. Oh, absolutely. Because then he one doesn't go to the Patriots Mm -hmm. and two, the Packers don't take a tackle. Win win. But then maybe that forces the Patriots to take a tackle. I think in that scenario, the Patriots take flowers. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I could see That's, flowers at, with, with, yeah. with like a New England personality. Oh, yeah. He's already in their backyard. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so right. many possibilities. <laughs> so many possibilities. I think that does it for us. Appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, stopping by. What a world to live in. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. We're going to hear from the man himself very, very soon. I cannot wait. Matt, go ahead. Wrap this one up. Do what you do, and we can go ahead and call this one a day. I believe that uh, press conference for Rodgers is tomorrow, uh, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Zazzy Jets. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. You can also follow the show at OKD podcast. Make sure you guys are sticking around. We're going to be recapping the entire draft. Be all over this draft class. Top to bottom with our coverage. Get through our breakdowns, our picks, our opinions, and the whole nine as we continue with this very, very exciting offseason. Like I said, what a world we live in. What a time to be alive. Aaron freaking Rogers, a New York Jet. I cannot believe it. Thank you guys for stopping by, and we'll be back real, real soon. Bye-bye.